Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Welcome back, folks. Spooky season's over, and it is not Christmas time yet, okay? We we got one holiday plus a whole month before it's Christmas time, so don't think you're going to get any shenanigans coming out of me, because we still got Thanksgiving coming up, and it's still fall, for God's sakes. And yes, I'm starting this episode off with, with, with some negativity. Because, <laughs> you know, some people just jump, oh, it's Christmas season, the, the day after Halloween, and it's not, folks. It's not, okay? It is not. Anyway, let's get on to whatever the hell it is we talk about on this, this show every week. So, what's going on, huh? What's going on? How about this? COD, Call of Duty, breaking records unexpectedly. Well, not really unexpectedly, but Call of Duty has earned more than $600 million worldwide and broken some records in its first three days. Uh, Top-selling new premium game released in 2019. More units in its first three days than any other Call of Duty title this generation. So clearly, going back to Modern Warfare has worked. Uh, This generation started with Ghosts back in 2013 had the biggest-selling digital opening in Activision history, uh, set a PlayStation 4 record with highest digital sales in first three days. That's an interesting one. And highest, big of, uh, biggest, highest, biggest Call of Duty PC launch ever. That is pretty freaking awesome. So, uh, apparently brought in, according to the CEO, about $234 million worldwide, He's like, more than double the opening of Joker. Whoop-dee-doo, huh? But, uh, so this is uh, tweeted by Daniel Ahmed. Compared to other COD launch titles in the first three days, Black Ops 4 did 500 million. World War 2 did 500 million. Uh, Infinite Warfare, let's not talk about that. It says, shh, never existed. Black Ops 3, 550. Advanced Warfare, no number for three days. Ghosts, no number for three days. Black Ops 2, 500 million in one day. Modern Warfare 3, 400 million in one day. Black Ops, 360 million in one day. And this did um, 234 million on day one, I guess. Hold on, I'm trying to find... What it did in its first three days total, 600 million, I think I said that. So clearly, a big opening, and remember, game prices have not changed in the last decade or so since Modern Warfare 2 came out, so it's it's not, uh, that that's a, that's a big sign, essentially. It was doing, it's, it's doing numbers similar to what, what they, what Call of Duty did back on the, the 360 and PS3 days, but... No matter. Moving on. Uh, I'm still having fun with it. It's uh, I'm still a little perturbed with some people in uh, online play. Uh, and there seem to be some issues with staying logged in, but minor inconveniences at the end of the day. But like I said, moving on. Uh, Square Enix came out and said that they were hiring for new HD development for Kingdom Hearts. 
whether that means a new game or another HD remaster, which doesn't make sense because pretty much everything is HD at this point in the Kingdom Hearts franchise. I mean, they're all on PS4 at this point. The only thing is, could they bring them to Xbox? And I don't know for legal reasons if that's even possible back because Sony owned part of Square Enix, but interesting. Maybe more DLC uh, on top of the DLC it's, that's expected to drop at the end of the year. Uh, Death Stranding has been confirmed for PC in uh, 2020. It will not be published by Sony, though. This time it will be published by 505 Games. So it is not a Sony-published game on PC, but it is on PS4. Uh, Xbox All Access, which I could have sworn launched uh, earlier this year, uh, but it's a pay-as-you-go, essentially, uh, feature for Xbox will now include Project Scarlet, will include an upgrade, I should say. And uh, so All Access is a subscription service, I think they announced it earlier in the year. Uh, so you can pay off a console in about two years. They go from 20 bucks a month to $31 a month, essentially. Uh, 20 bucks a month for the All Digital. It also comes with uh, Game Pass, Ultimate Game Pass. Uh, $22.99 for a 1S and $30.99 a month for a 1X. But they said if um, you can if you if you purchase it now through that that program, it signs up. Uh, it starts next this month. Uh, you can do an upgrade option to Project Scarlet after a successful uh, twelve months of payments. If you get the Xbox One X, if you get the One S or all digital, you need to make eighteen months of payments before you can upgrade. However. Uh, you will have to recommit to another two-year contract when you upgrade to the Scarlet if you do that option. So if you guys don't want to pay outright for a console, that all-access option is available to you now. Which uh, it's pretty pretty awesome, if you come to think about it. Uh, Reggie fils the the former head of Nintendo America, uh, is going to be honored by the New York Game Awards, and will be given the Legends Prize, which is an award given to those who exemplify, you know, gaming achievements, essentially. Uh, it's pretty awesome for him to be recognized like that. In some unexpected news, Ubisoft announced that Ghost Recon Breakpoint is going to be overhauled in a major way. In a blog post, they said, we are aware that some of the design choices made have caused polarized reactions and discussions regarding the direction taken by the Ghost Recon franchise. Some of you would like our new survival mechanics to have more impact on your experience, while others dislike the tiered loot progression we have added. Um, they also went on to say, in line with this vision and the feedback we received, we are working on a more radical and immersive version of Ghost Recon Breakpoint. We also want to let you tailor your experience to the way you want to enjoy the game, since freedom of choice has always been part of the Ghost Recon DNA. Uh, they also said, Adding back AI teammates to the game is a major undertaking that will still require time. We will update you as we progress towards their release. Um, they said things will happen in the next few weeks. The first patch comes mid-November. Uh, which is Title Update 1.03. It will fix drone deployment, fire rates, NVGs blocking crosshairs, and mission complete notification bugs. Uh, then there's another one at the end of, the, of November, uh, which is apparently going to focus on fixing the most pressing issues raised by the community. 
which, uh, you know, I, I kind of see that I, I haven't played enough of it to really make a call just because of the way things have worked out at home. But I uh, totally understand. Uh, the first raid for the game will arrive in December. A Terminator live event will follow shortly after that. Um, no dates have been given on those. Uh, and it did launch with a cold reception um, with crit from critics, players alike, and uh, even the CEO, Yves Guimont, said uh, the innovations have been strongly rejected by a significant portion of the community, which, you know, it was kind of a letdown after Wildlands, because Wildlands was so fun. And and this one, like I said, was, was a bit of a letdown. Also, some big news if, if you're a PC player. EA games are officially back on Steam, uh, starting with Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And uh, it will follow with EA Access uh, coming to the platform next year. Uh, it will be the same price as it is on other platforms, EA Access being the $5 a month uh, program where you can play some EA games early and then have access to a, a large portion of their backlog. So that's uh, that's pretty awesome of them uh, to bring it to PC. So you don't need or their Origin Launcher or Origin Access any longer. Uh, and speaking of Steam, Steam's rollout of their library redesign is now live for everyone. I'm sure you probably have noticed by now, though. Um, in a weird trademarking situation, Sony has trademarked everything from PlayStation 6 through 10. <laughs> Uh, this isn't new, though, for the company, because they actually trademarked PS4 and PS5 back in, like, 2004, I was reading. Uh, you know, it's just good for companies to uh, get their trademarks early so they don't have to worry about a fight with a, a random person who gets the trademark for their own free will. So, it's an uh, interesting thing to see them them do that, that's, that's for sure. Uh Staying with Sony here for a second, uh, PlayStation View, their uh, TV service, essentially, if you will, will be shutting down at the end of January next year. So if you are a subscriber to PlayStation View, looks like you're going to be having to look elsewhere for streaming services and uh, other live TV options. And uh, we'll talk about streaming services when we get to, to the TV portion of the show. DICE and EA have announced that there will not be a Battlefield game until at least 2021. Uh, that's a pretty surprising twist there. They've kind of been on a regular alternating release schedule for quite a while uh, as they focus on Apex Legends as their main shooter in 2020. Uh, Apex Legends just had a new fighter uh, added to the game and they recently launched a new map. So I'm sure we'll be seeing more in the coming year. EA also announced that they are canceling NBA Live 20 uh, for the upcoming year as they want to focus on redesigning the game for the next generation of consoles. So we probably won't see a new NBA game from EA until next year. Uh, granted, their NBA games have always played second fiddle, at least in the last 10 years or so, to the NBA 2K games. Uh, also announced, this is all on an earnings call, that there will be no new Star Wars game after Jedi Fallen Order uh, until at least April of 2022. So they are expecting to release a new game before then. That's a long fucking time. They've squandered their 
they've completely squandered their license rights. And I've, I've talked at length and I don't even want to waste my time anymore. Um, they also announced that a new Dragon Age would not be released until at least March of 2022. Uh, and they were teasing at a possible announcement or trailer or some kind of look at the game uh, before year's end. Um, also, uh, I got to actually got into the Xbox X Cloud preview, uh, which is to be able to play the game, uh, be able to play Xbox games on, on a mobile device or a laptop or something away from your Xbox. And uh, I, I did play on my phone, actually. And Xbox controllers hook up very, very easily. They just, uh, they use Bluetooth, so it, it, it it's like nothing, really. And they, uh, where am I going with this? Uh, everything runs really smoothly. I was having a little bit of, of lag, uh, mainly just because my, my internet was a little slow at, at the time when I was playing. Otherwise, played Halo 5 almost seamlessly. Uh, I actually ended up getting top kills in, uh, what mode was I playing? Super Fiesta. Granted, it's Super Fiesta, so things are all over the place. I didn't want to play anything ranked just because I, I was, uh, not, didn't have great, great service. But it was pretty awesome to see that I could do so well on a phone and, uh, everything played like it was playing on the TV on console. So that, that's showing real, real potential there. Um, it's November, so that means new PSN Plus games and Games with Gold. Uh, games with Gold, uh, from November 1st through 30th, you get Sherlock Holmes and the Devil's Daughter. And, uh, also an Xbox One game is a, The Final Station, which is a cool-looking indie game. That's from November 16th through December 15th. Uh, you also get Star Wars Jedi Starfighter, the Xbox game that bridges the gap between Episode 1 and 2. From November 1st through November 15th. And then Joyride Turbo from the 16th through the 30th. Uh, for PSN Plus, for the whole month, you get NIO or Outlast 2. Uh, remember, you, those are paid services. Um, some more awards being given out to video game developers. The Japanese government is honoring uh, Shigeru Miyamoto, the creator of Mario and Zelda and Probably some of the best games of all time, uh, just in terms of, of uh, gaming history, really. Uh, they're honoring him with a like Japanese culture award, as he is a like a a, um, a figure in in that essentially. And granted, he's probably one of the most recognizable people in gaming, anyway. So that makes sense. Uh, most of those games we announced last week that Ubisoft had delayed. Uh, the next Watch Dogs, the next, uh, what, what else was it? The expansion or like quasi-sequel to Rainbow Six Siege. And I don't even remember the third one. Uh, those are all going to be cross-gen games now as they were essentially delayed into the next year. Uh, was it uh, Gods and Monsters, that, that awesome-looking game that... Uh, you get to play as like a little thing, uh, like a guy in ancient Greece type thing and dealing with the Greek gods. And at this point, I'm pretty much certain that probably Skull and Bones will be cross-gen as well. Um, 
we also had BlizzCon this weekend. A lot of new Blizzard games announced, including like minutes-long trailers. Diablo 4 officially announced, uh, the return of Lilith. Overwatch 2 is official. Uh, that one will be a little different with new heroes, story missions. Uh, however, o- like original Overwatch players do not need to buy Overwatch 2 to be able to access the new heroes multiplayer functions, the new multiplayer mode called Push. Uh, that will all be given to those people, except I don't think they'll have access to hero missions or uh, like story missions. Uh, you'll also be able to upgrade your heroes and, and skill trees, things like that. Uh, also, a new WoW expansion called Shadowlands. Uh, they're going to decrease the level cap to 60, and uh, everyone will then be, anyone who's already at max level now will be put down to 50. So that way they can get those last 10 levels while playing the new expansion. Uh, There was also some protests going on at BlizzCon. Not unexpected, considering how they had treated Blitzchung and everything regarding Hearthstone. Uh, The president of Blizzard, J. Allen Brack, uh, went on stage and said, When I think about what I'm most unhappy about, it's really two things. The first one is we didn't live up to our high standards that we set for ourselves. And the second is we failed in our purpose. And for that, I'm sorry, and I accept accountability. He reiterated uh, their goal is to bring the world together in epic entertainment. Uh, No mention about Hong Kong or Blitzchung. Clearly, he's just trying to quell the anger and things without going too deep into anything. Uh, they did get to, uh, IGN did get to speak with him before, uh, later said, we're big believers in free expression. I'm personally a big believer in free expression. So it's a little interesting for me personally to be a person who's involved in not being a supporter. The supporters there are welcome. Protest is part of what it is to be in our culture. So is he pro the Chinese government? I, uh, I don't know. Um... He said there's, he'd be happy if Blizzard employees partake in the protest. Uh, that's something we're happy to have as part of our culture. So, I mean, he's not opposed to it. So, that's good. Um, I guess he wants to say that it, it has to do with them stay, focusing on games, saying, do we think that our official broadcasts are something that we want to keep about games? They are. And I think that is clear in terms of how we came back and said, hey, we're going to continue to have a suspension. Which, uh, again, they did walk it back somewhat. But it, it's a uh, little interesting. He also said, I think there's a lot of confusion around how publishing games work in China. We're not legally allowed to publish our games in China. We must have a partner, in this case, NetEase. And they actually uh, run the official account. And that's what led to things... Uh, it is their quote, it is their employees that made that quote. It is not something that we approved. It is not something that we would have approved. It is not something that we feel like is representative of Blizzard in, in regards to Blitzchung. And I, I think it's just a whole messy situation. Uh, he ended up saying, I think it has. this has been a humbling incident for Blizzard really across the board. If you think about how this has really kind of taken over and kind of taken on a life of its own, I think there's a lot of work that we want to kind of continue to do to think about how to prevent something like this from ever happening again. It's been, uh, I think, a nightmare for all involved. Yeah, well, 
maybe we need to stop bowing down to China because that's been happening a little too much among corporations here in America. Little focusing a little too much on that that almighty dollar. But uh, that's it for gaming this week. A uh, lot to talk about more than usual, considering a lot of in- games are going to be coming out in the next few weeks. It makes sense. I mean, tomorrow the Xbox Elite Controller Version 2 comes out. Death Stranding comes out on Friday. Uh, next week we have Pokemon Sword and Shield, which looks like just about every aspect of that game is leaking online before launch. And of course, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order releases next week as well. And uh, we will be talking about those things as time uh, gets closer and closer to the release. Uh, But like I said, that's it for games. Let's move into TV. Um, Biggest news out of CW, we're getting another Arrowverse spinoff show. Uh, They're moving forward with focusing on a new Superman and Lois Lane TV show, which is very unexpected. Especially since the, the powers that be at Warner Brothers for a long time wanted to make sure that there was no confusion like no batman on tv if there's batman in the theaters no soups on tv if soups was in the theaters so it's a uh, it's really nice to see this happening uh, granted there probably won't be a superman movie for a while but they've been allowing it to to cross populate hell there was a a superman on tv while justice league was in theaters so it's it's good to see this uh and granted this is the second new arrowverse show pretty much announced since uh uh Green Arrow and the Canaries was announced last week. Um, Sticking with DC here, Lucifer, the final season on Netflix, will be split into two eight-episode parts. Um, No release date has been given, though. Uh, Lucifer should appear, or is expected to appear, in the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover for the Arrowverse, uh, as rumored as of right now. I uh, got some news out of uh, the HBO Max presentation, which we'll get to in a little bit. But uh, The Long Night, which was the first Game of Thrones prequel in development and spinoff, uh, has been passed up by HBO. That was the one starring Naomi Watts. They did film a pilot. Uh, instead, though, House of the Dragon, which is a fire and blood focus on Targaryens, has been ordered straight to series, uh, which will be on both HBO and HBO Max. And George R. R. Martin promises to finish Winds of Winter before writing anything for House of the Dragon. Fingers crossed. <laughs> um, we got a new trailer for The Witcher, which looks really fucking awesome. Uh, they even teased us with a little uh, bath shot, as, as most people who play the games know that that's a, a big thing in the games. Uh, even though the games in the show aren't really connected. Uh, it will release on December 20th on Netflix, so be on the lookout for that. Um, sticking with Netflix here as well, Stranger Things is rumored to be adding four new characters, uh, all males, uh, three of which are teenagers, one of which being an adult. Uh, I'm wondering how that will factor in uh, with the, the gang there um, and uh, I think it's filming right now, otherwise uh, it is... Expected to start filming soon uh, with a release sometime next year. Uh, Stephen Amell tweeted that Emily Bett Rickards will return for the Arrow series finale as uh, Felicity Smoke. Uh, He did want to tweet that out himself just so that way there were no rumors or speculation floating around 
Uh, they just want to kind of get out in front of everything, which is uh, pretty nice. You don't see a lot of stars of shows doing that. Uh, we also got a new Mandalorian trailer during Monday Night Football last week. Uh, it's, it's pretty fucking cool. More shots of, of the different characters, more shots of the Mandalorian, and him doing awesome, badass Mandalorian things, fighting some Trandosians, and I cannot wait. The show drops next week with Disney+. Plus. Oh man, oh man, we are just just a week away and I, I can't wait. You can check out that trailer online. There's some really cool shots, and uh, we get a good look at some of the other alien creatures and things, and it, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be good. And also some awesome uh, flying shots. So it looks like they they did put some money into this show, and we are gonna have that Star Warsy feel, and it's not gonna come off as fake or cheap or anything like that. So that that's a good thing. Um, I did mention HBO Max. Got some new details on that. Uh, it launches in May 2020. Uh, Joker will be there uh, upon launch. Uh, South Park has been announced as being on HBO Max as the exclu- exclusive streaming rights partner for South Park. Uh, also announced a Green Lantern show from Greg Berlanti, the mastermind behind the Arrowverse. No word on if it will be connected in any way, shape, or form. Uh, no word on stars of the show yet either. Um, it will launch at $14.99, and uh, that is standalone, or if you already have a HBO subscription, it will be included. That That's actually really awesome. So you'll get like thousands of hours of content uh, included with your HBO subscription, or essentially uh, if you want to sign up for the service. Um, speaking of costs for streaming services, uh, IGN actually put out this little little thing that shows the cost of all of them. Uh, if you were to sign up for HBO Max at $14.99, Netflix around $12.99, Hulu at $11.99, that's the commercial-free one, Showtime at $10.99, CBS at $9.99, Amazon Prime Video at $8.99, Stars at $8.99, Disney Plus at $6.99, and Apple TV Plus at $4.99, comes out to about $90.91, which is about the cost of most cable packages nowadays. So uh, that's if you were to get all of them. I can tell you right now, I'm perfectly fine with the $5 Hulu with commercials, so that's $5 off right there. Uh, I don't have any interest in stars, so that's another 9 bucks. I would get Showtime when the Halo show comes out. Uh, that's another $10.00 pretty much only for certain times. Same with CBS, because I'd only watch for Picard and some other things. So, and Apple TV I'm not interested in. Uh, so I can knock off like 15 bucks right there, at least, and bring it down to like 75 Which, uh, you can use 15 more dollars to make sure you got faster internet. Um, granted, that doesn't take into account like the $14.99 deal with Disney Plus ESPN Plus and Hulu and things like that. So a lot of different things going on. Um, and I think this $9.99 CBS price is the commercial free option as well. So again, those are at the higher end. Granted, that doesn't include like YouTube TV or if you want to have some kind of live TV streaming uh, as, a, as a capability if you don't have cable. Um, but it's interesting to think about. It's, I saw a funny meme a while back about 
you know they 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 became ended up becoming the very thing they sought to destroy uh, really funny um also with a new month means comings and goings from netflix um as of now friday was the first uh 300 is now gone Gran torino is now gone scream is gone lord of the rings two towers and fellowship not fellowship uh return of the king both caddyshacks and 42 are off the service uh, sorry if you missed it most of you i'm sure have access to those anyway uh then coming to netflix and uh those are some of these are already there fear and loathing in las vegas Step Brothers, uh, the three matrix movies zombie land district nine is also there as of today uh, today's the fourth right no today's the third uh, district nine is tomorrow uh, or by the time you're listening to this it'll be on there already uh the star-studded green eggs and ham animated adaptation of the dr seuss book is on the eighth uh, so a couple days after this publishes uh, season three of the toys that made us documentary series is on the 15th and Scorsese's The Irishman on November 27th, so the week of Thanksgiving. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's Netflix coming and going. It is the first week of the month. Uh, on to the movie portion of the show. We got pictures of a leaked image. I guess it's leaked or pictures of a spy image of, of a standee of the new Sonic movie uh, with the redesigned Sonic and I can report that it looks like the games, finally. It does not look like that nightmare-inducing whatever it was that they released in that trailer a couple months back. So it looks like there are they listened to fans and understood that they, they fucked up pretty bad, if you ask me. That looked horrendous. Hopefully they recut the trailer with the new Sonic just to ease people a little. But I'm excited and I actually want to see the movie this time. Quentin Tarantino announced that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, once it gets its home release in December, will come with 20 minutes of additional footage. So that's something to look forward to at Christmas time. If, if you're someone who still gets gifts from people and you really liked that movie, make sure you get that, that Blu-ray or, or DVD copy so you can get uh, 20 minutes of extra footage to check out in a guaranteed best picture nomination at least i think so biggest news though of the week david benioff and dan weiss are officially out of star wars uh D, uh the creators of game of thrones have left the project uh, apparently it's because of lucasfilm was unhappy with their netflix deal uh, according to or David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, sorry, I always say it, I fuck it up, uh, per deadline, uh, they said there are only so many hours in the day and we felt we could not do justice to both Star Wars and our Netflix projects, so we are regretfully stepping away. However, Hollywood Reporter, Deadline, Variety, all suggest and have sources saying it's the contrary, that the Netflix deal raised significant concerns uh, at Lucasfilm about their ability to prior prioritize Star Wars. And uh, Hollywood Reporter writes, 
Kath- Kennedy, Kathleen Kennedy, was not convinced the pair, known for focusing on one project at a time, could truly juggle a sci-fi trilogy while also overseeing film and TV projects at Netflix. Sources say that the duo shopped for a new overall deal over the summer. They told potential suitors that they planned to juggle new projects and work on Star Wars at the same time. Uh, also, according to Variety this time, Lucasfilm executives and the creators began to see their visions for the films diverge during meetings last summer. News that the pair had signed a massive $250 million production deal with Netflix was a signal to many that they were eager to explore other opportunities. It also brought pressures when the pact was announced. Netflix said it was aware of the duo's commitments, but insiders say they were also wary of waiting as much as four years for them to wrap up work on Star Wars. The streaming service wanted Benioff and Weiss to focus on creating exclusive movies and shows for them, particularly when they looked out at a streaming landscape that is growing ever more competitive with the launch of Disney Plus and HBO Max. Uh, Variety also went on to suggest that Lucasfilm has been reaching out to other filmmakers, uh, saying, As relations with Benioff and Weiss curdled, the studio had begun taking general meetings with other writers on possible Star Wars pitches. It's unclear if these were just sit-downs exploring other related productions in the franchise's cinematic and streaming universe. The departure of two likely sends the studio back to the drawing board with the future of the series more uncertain than it has been since Disney closed its $4 billion deal for Lucasfilm in 2012. Uh, Hollywood Reporter then went on to others say that other factors were involved. Benioff and Weiss were also feeling the heat and began having second thoughts about jumping into Star Wars due to what one source described as toxic fandom. To go from Thrones to Star Wars where fans have bullied actors off social media and taken aim at filmmakers like Johnson, as in Ryan Johnson, who wants to go through that again? Not them, notes another source with knowledge of Benioff and Weiss's thinking. This was in the Life's Too Short category. Which... Um... Good riddance, I guess. I don't know. I I like what they did with Game of Thrones. I felt, though, when I first heard about the Netflix deal, I was like, oh, they're getting kind of dragged in a lot of different dimensions here. And I don't know if that's a good thing, because it was kind of clear that they were over Game of Thrones if you watch the documentary about the making of the final season. So it, it looks like they could probably get easily distracted, and we don't want that on the Star Wars film. Uh, it's my understanding that Ryan Johnson is still working on his trilogy, and to be honest, he did really well with The Last Jedi. I've been on the record for saying I love The Last Jedi. He understands what makes a Star Wars movie a Star Wars movie. And while some people might not have liked him for a Skywalker Saga film, I think he would make an amazing Star Wars movie separate from the main story. Um, staying on this topic, though, Uh, More stories came out about this, Um, more stuff out of Variety, actually. Um, The Star Wars period the pair was interested in exploring was how the Jedi came to exist. So they were going to be focusing on the origin of the Jedi, which has been explored in what's now a non-canon comic. So this would not be an Old Republic movie. This would actually take place thousands uh, of more years before the setting of the Old Republic, which is already about... uh, Four to 5,000 years before A New Hope and things like this. So, that is... I don't know how I would have felt about that, though. Um, 
So it says it would have been about 3,600 years before the Battle of Yavin. I guess they changed some of the timing in the new canon. Uh, it said Jedi Order formed... Oh, wait. Sorry. Old Republic is about 3,600 years before the movie. Forming of the Jedi Order was about 25,000 years before the Battle of Yavin. So even farther back than I was just saying. Um, this was, like like I said, the the non-canon canon st- comic book. This is probably GN. Uh, when it was Dark Horse who had the comics, uh, Star Wars Dawn of the Jedi, uh, they were called the Jedi, it was J-E apostrophe D-A-I-I, uh, if you know your Star Wars stuff, you, you might recognize that, it is under the Legends label, um, I don't know if I would have liked that, I guess that would have tied in with their expertise, like with what they did with, with Game of Thrones, I just... I don't know if that would have been right for them. I just, uh, maybe, overall, maybe it's a good thing that they're out. Uh, it, it might delay Star Wars' future for a while, but maybe we just need some time off, and and, and that's okay. Uh, Matt Reeves, Matthew Reeves, uh, tweeted out about Jeffrey Wright, who is now officially on board as Commissioner Gordon in the Batman movie, which is expected to be released in 2021. I have reservations about this, and it has nothing to do with with Commissioner Gordon normally being an older white man. That that has nothing to do with it because, like that that that's just not it. I just don't think Jeffrey Wright is the right person for Commissioner Gordon. I think he would have been a better Riddler. I think he would have been a better Penguin, actually. Um, if you look at how he portrays his characters in Westworld and, and other places. I just don't think he's right for the Commissioner Gordon role. Now, will I give him a chance? Yes, because I've been wrong before. So, I'm willing to see where this goes, and I just hope I just hope he's gruff enough, you know, to play like this this character who's just disenfranchised with police work and things like this. I just I don't know. I, I just, I don't feel like he's right for Commissioner Gordon. I think, if I think about who would be right for Commissioner Gordon, I, I wish J.K. Simmons would have gotten more time with it. I thought he was really well. Uh, one of the few aspects I really enjoy of the Nolan films is, is, is uh, uh, God, I can't, Gary Oldman as Commissioner Gordon. Now, I think Idris would make a good Commissioner Gordon. Uh, he's he's been able to play stern, antagon- uh, not antagonistic, but like leadership type roles, like he did in The Office, and I know he's done in in other films as well. Force Whitaker would have been a good good choice as well. I just like I said, I don't think that he, Jeffrey Wright is good as uh, uh, Commissioner Gordon. Like I said, he would make an amazing Riddler actually, based off. Just how he is as Bernard in Westworld. I think that alone, he's a better Riddler there uh, than than he would be as a Commissioner Gordon. But again, like I said, I'm, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. I want to see how it goes. Uh, got some Marvel news. Uh, Into the Spider-Verse sequel confirmed for an April 22 release. Uh, no word yet on what... Parts of the multiverse will be included. Uh, if any live-action Spider-Man will be involved or anything like that. Uh, but we did get a tease. April 22nd, 
or April 8th, 2022. Uh, no word yet on if the uh, supposed female-focused one is still coming or if this will supersede that. Uh, also got news that Ant-Man 3 is officially coming back. Uh, it will release in 2022, I think I saw. Peyton Reed is back as director. And I saw this on Collider today. Michael Douglas was being interviewed by Collider and pretty much let slip that they're going to start filming the third one in January of 2021. So, yeah, I guess uh, he's got some loose lips there. I'm stoked, though. Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp are some of my favorite Marvel movies. Those uh, Ant-Man was my favorite Marvel movie until Thor Ragnarok and, you know, Endgame and, and Infinity War and things like that. I'm stoked as hell. That That's for damn sure. I love Paul Rudd, too. And he just... Uh, he's perfect as the character. But uh, no word on, on other things yet because, you know, we're still a ways away from that happening. Um, Jason Momoa was being interviewed. Uh, uncomfortably, I might add. Uh, he was doing promotion for, I think, his new Apple show, C. Uh, and he pretty much confirmed that the, the Snyder Cut is finished and he's seen it. And it's a lot different than what we got in the theaters, which was essentially the Joss Whedon cut. Uh, many fans have been calling for the release of the Snyder Cut since the release of Justice League in 2017. Um, a lot of rumors have been flying around about it since then as well. Uh, mainly one of the things saying that a lot of it was unfinished. But then recently, Snyder's like cinematographer and visual effects specialist came out and said that there's actually more done on, on the movie than people realize. So I'm not sure what the truth is. But as more and more people come out about the Snyder Cut, and Jason Momoa has been one of the biggest vocalist defenders of it, I it, it, it almost seems as if um, Warner Brothers is ready to, to release it. And and that's that's an interesting thing. I wonder if it does come out. If it does come out, I mean, they released the Richard Donner cut of, of Superman 2 eventually, and that was a movie that was technically never supposed to see the light of day. So maybe as we get closer and closer uh, to, or I, I should say farther and farther away that from the, re, the theatrical release of it, that something may change. Um, last bit of movie stuff before we do one final bit of, of stuff. Uh, it's November 2019, and it turns out that Blade Runner was a goddamn lie. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a thing. It's like in Dumb and Dumber. It's like, John Denver was full of shit. Uh, but yeah, uh, as we get closer and closer to the future, more and more movies will be disproven, as Blade Runner does begin with November 2019. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's what people are concerned about nowadays. Um, that's it though for movie stuff. Uh, just got to talk about Smuggler's Bounty, uh, came from Amazon, uh, last week. Uh, you know, that's the Star Wars box essentially. Uh, this month's theme seems to be first order focused as, uh, the, the printing on the box, uh, comes with a first order pin or a Knights of Ren pin. I'm not entirely sure what that logo is. I'm sure we'll learn soon. Uh, comes with a shirt of Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren. Uh, this one with Kylo's like shattered helmet with the red 
like glue holding it together, which could be seen in the in one of the trailers. Uh, comes with a sticker of a Sith trooper. I'm not sure if this is a decal. What is this? I'm gonna put this somewhere. That's for damn sure. Oh, ooh, it is a decal. Nice. That's going on the car. Um, also comes with a Kylo Ren bobblehead with his shattered helmet. Uh, Kylo Ren Supreme Leader, actually. And then a Knight of Ren uh, pop as well. This one as the Long Axe Knight of Ren. Uh, hinting at... Oh, interesting. This one is not on the back of the what they show for that series of particular ones. Uh, interesting helmet on this guy. I don't know how to describe that. It looks like a looks like Maximus's helmet from Gladiator. Uh, let me see what's on the back of Kylo Ren's one. Nope, nothing there either. Interesting. So maybe this is like a secret pop. Not sure. Uh, that's really cool though. Uh, and then it sh says next month, uh, December's theme is Rise of Skywalker. So uh, that's kind of expected on that one. Uh, so that's it for most of what we were going to be talking about today. Actually, that is it. No, no nothing else. <laughs> uh, we've come to the end of the episode. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, it is the first week of November. Hope you guys had a good Halloween. Uh, I dressed up as Commander Riker for Halloween from Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, we did a thing at work. It was pretty awesome. And then, um, yeah, Thanksgiving's coming up, but uh, we'll have plenty of stuff to talk about in the next couple weeks, I'm sure, you know, especially with the new Star Wars game, Jedi Fallen Order, coming out. Um, but that is next week, so it's Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, thank you guys for listening. As always, check out nixnerdnews.com where you can find links to our social media pages if you are a social media person. You can find our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram there. Uh, you guys should probably follow me. I, I post when every new episode is is live on online, uh, as well as funny memes and pictures I find around the internet that you guys might like. They are not my own. They are things I find elsewhere. I do not claim them to be my own, just covering my ass there uh also on the website you can find a media player where you can listen to the show right in your browser uh new old episodes if you want to catch up also if you prefer to listen on the go you can find links to our spotify google play and itunes pages uh, i guess i should start saying apple music or apple Podcasts since itunes is going to be phased out but those are all there for your viewing pleasure Otherwise, that's it for Nixner News. I am your host, Nick. Thank you guys for stopping by, and I will catch you on the flip side.